What is the role of business within society? How do we build organisations that contribute responsibly and sustainably to the communities in which they operate? And what does responsible leadership look like as we continue to lurch from crisis to crisis? This is the Responsible Business Leading the Way podcast from the University of Bristol Business School, working with the CIPD. I'm Katie Jacobs. I work for the CIPD. And over the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, I collaborated with Professor Veronica Hope-Haley, Dean of the University of Bristol Business School, on a landmark research project. Between spring 2020 and autumn 2022, we spoke to more than 150 leaders during what was, at least at the time, the most challenging period of their leadership careers, guiding their organisations and people through a destructive, unprecedented pandemic and the subsequent economic fallout. We wanted to know, what did it feel like to lead an organisation through such a challenging period? To be responsible for the livelihoods, even lives, of those working for you? How did it shift the way people felt about their employers and work in general? And did it transform the very concept of what it means to be a responsible business and how a business intersects with the society in which it operates? When we published our third and final research report, we concluded that when it came to building more responsible, resilient businesses and a fairer, more equitable society, there is still everything to play for. So that's what we're exploring in this series. Over the next six episodes, Veronica and I are sitting down with some of the most insightful and inspirational leaders we spoke to in our original research to ask, in the aftermath of the pandemic, what has changed about how we work, how we lead and how we think about responsibility and trust in business? Episode one, what does it mean to be a responsible business in a post-pandemic world? The purpose of a company is to serve the society in which it operates. That quote from Microsoft's external affairs director, Hugh Millwood, couldn't be further from the Milton Friedman maxim, the social responsibility of business is to increase its profits. The pandemic disrupted leaders on every level. It forced them to re-examine their assumptions about their organisation's purpose and place in society. It impacted their perceptions and their actions around responsible business and their leadership attitudes and practices. Before the advent of COVID-19, many organisations sat comfortably in their claims to be responsible. The pandemic tested those claims to the max, forcing leaders to make tough decisions about which of their many stakeholders took priority. It was the acid test of organisational culture, purpose and values. Although the worst of the pandemic is now behind us, We remain in the depths of an economic and cost of living crisis, with the war in Ukraine ongoing. With all that in mind, Veronica and I were joined by Andrea Winfield, General Manager for HR across the Western Europe region for Microsoft, to explore what being a responsible business means in a post-pandemic world. I kicked off by asking Veronica to share a bit of context about where her interest in researching responsible business and leadership came from and how her thoughts on the topic have evolved against a backdrop of seemingly constant crisis and uncertainty. So the start of this research journey came about particularly from the financial crisis and the immediate aftermath, where the CIPD asked me to do three reports on what was happening to trust in the public and private sector after that crisis. And I suppose a number of things struck me. One is that actually we never hear about them. There were an awful lot of businesses and banks actually following the financial crisis still trying to be very responsible. 
And yet there were others that had lost their way. In more recent times, the way I started to think about what is a responsible business is that I think about it in terms of duties and obligations and duties and obligations to others. And for about 30 years, I think for a lot of businesses, the duties and obligations they felt were first to their shareholders, secondly to customers, and thirdly to employees. I think the way that that has changed through the idea of responsible business is that as institutions, they are also required to think about their obligations to others in society. It's what Mark Carney, the former governor of the Bank of England, calls a social license to operate. Are you actually able to fulfill your responsibilities within society? At an individual level, at a leadership level, I think it's also about responsible leaders feeling a duty and obligation around transparency, honesty, clemency. And these are the things that the Cambridge philosopher Honora O'Neill brings out as duties and obligations that we have to each other. Global technology company Microsoft was a constant companion to many of us during the pandemic. Productivity would have collapsed without teams keeping us connected, after all. And Microsoft was also a constant in our research, with leaders contributing every year. In July 2020, HR leader Andrea Winfield told us, You let your values guide your actions. Our mission is to empower others, and that's really what has guided us. Three years later, with the benefit of valuable hindsight, I asked her to define what responsible business means to Microsoft we say that we're a company that runs on trust. And I think that's fundamental to our mission. I think as humans, leaders, employees, companies, legislators, governors, we have to be relied upon to meet our accountability for the well-being of those that we serve, be that our employees, our shareholders, or the communities that we're a part of. The mission at Microsoft is about empowering every person and every organisation on the planet to achieve more. To achieve that requires us to always be in a position of trust and to be ethically accountable for our solutions and our business practices. As a human and as a person, I enjoy working for Microsoft because you think about the role of HR. And for me, it's about helping teams, businesses, individuals be the absolute best that they can be. And there's real congregants with the vision of the company that I work with. Everything that I do is about doing good for humanity and helping people do things that they never thought was possible. And so working for a company who has that at the core of their purpose creates an immense sense of alignment with my own values and purpose for me personally. And... As with so many other businesses, the experience of leading through the pandemic threw all of that into sharp relief. If I take this from the focus of the individual, during the pandemic, the priority was our employees were saying, keep me safe and well, keep my family safe and well, keep my community safe and well. And of course, we're still accountable to our shareholders and to society for having a performing business. We're a big employer. So making sure that we are keeping people safe at work whilst also delivering against our our fiscal responsibilities, you know, was a core focus during the pandemic. And some of that just hasn't changed. Transparency became one of the key leadership principles that was essential for surviving the pandemic era. 
And you can't take back that transparency once you've led with it. And so I think that still continues post the pandemic. I think the pandemic also generates this element of our employees wanting the company to have a stronger influence on societal issues and to contribute to humanity's crises. That expectation of transparency and of addressing the societal issues that Andrea describes demands a broader perspective from leaders. That would present dilemmas even at the best of times. But in times of crisis, leaders face complex, morally testing decisions. Doing it all, solving it all, is simply not an option. And part of the solution to managing these tensions is to lean into the ecosystem, as Veronica explains. One thing was this discovery, particularly at the beginning of the pandemic, that no one organisation in isolation could provide solutions to the challenges posed by that pandemic. Whether you were a business, a government department, international NGO, you simply learned that there was an interdependency here. We were only going to get out of that crisis if people actually worked together. The consequence of that was that these senior teams had to lean in rapidly into very, very broad and deep networks. So they had to lean down to local levels within their own organisations, to local managers to find out what was happening. But horizontally, they had to lean out into government, local and national government, health authorities, hospitals, the emergency services, amazing networks. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. You could only do that at speed if you already had those networks in place. As Andrew explained earlier, Microsoft sees its role as being a force for good in society. And partnerships, those networks Veronica describes, are a key part of making that a reality. At the height of the pandemic, for instance, it partnered with education and government, strengthening digital infrastructure for key workers and providing digital skills training to people on furlough. For Andrea, being a responsible business means building digital skills in communities in a sustainable way, partnering for the long term, and not just throwing money at the problem in times of crisis. It's about just having those strategic partnerships and for those partnerships really coming together and for all of the moments that truly matter. It's about ensuring that those partnerships weren't just for the crisis of the pandemic. And so it's about having that long-term view, that ongoing strategic partnership with different parts of society and making sure that you have that transformational but integrated relationship. It's not just about turning up with our hero capes on and saying, here's some funding, here's some resources. It's much more than that. It's about this long-term partnership so that we're focusing on the matters that really matter to society. And it's in moments like this through the pandemic that we were really tested as a company. Society, our employees, governments were saying, you know, help us with the problems of the country. And these were problems that we've never needed to navigate before. And you could apply that to war as much as you could do the global pandemic. And through the pandemic, a coalition of technology companies that came together and sold for the government's needs. And it's just about this togetherness where we just need to figure out how we can each play and how we can each play a role for the good of humanity. As you'll sense, listening to Andrea, responsible business is not static. There is a fluidity to it, and we have the opportunity to mould it to our context. 
working in partnership is a key part of it. But beyond that, how else did the pandemic shift the concept of responsible business? Back to Veronica. I think the other aspect of COVID was not just the interdependency, but the way that social justice issues just smacked these senior leaders in the face. To say the bubble of the boardroom was burst is an understatement. People suddenly discovered the levels of domestic abuse that some of their employees were suffering by their employees saying, please let me come back into the office. I'm only safe in the office. Obviously, Black Lives Matter erupted in the summer of 2020. And there's a wonderful quote from a CEO. He said, I was out of my depth. I had no understanding of the pain and emotion of the rights issue around diversity caused. And he said, it changed me forever. Senior leaders in government and private sector found they could work at pace and address some of these issues. And that has left some really high expectations amongst citizens and employees as we sort of come into slightly more normal times post the height of the pandemic. We're not in the height of the pandemic anymore, but we are dealing with stakeholders who have much heightened expectations of what these senior leaders should deliver. The way the best leaders delivered during the worst days of the pandemic, the way the most responsible organisations managed to support multiple stakeholders, from employees to local communities, has then raised the bar on what is possible and to be expected. As an HR leader then, what has Andrea observed about the shifting nature of employee expectations? During the pandemic, we led with our values. Post-pandemic, we led with our values. I think what's different is now more than ever, we're being held more account to lead with our values. And I feel confident about our company's ability and history in really living up to that accountability. I think post-pandemic, now more than ever, I think everybody has tapped into their own humanity. And I think Some causes mean so much more and have been so much more amplified as a result of the pandemic. Whether or not we like it or not, our employees' expectations, their organisations have a vital role to play in solving some of the world's toughest challenges. They really hold the organisation to account. At Microsoft, making a difference and enabling our employees to make a difference for the causes that matter is a key part of our culture and we encourage all of our employees to really make the most of everything that's available that empowers them to to do that we also have a really vibrant community of employee networks and employee resource groups that tackle things outside the organization that they're passionate about and also help us to make changes in the culture to remove barriers to inclusion for different community groups inside the company Microsoft is a huge business, a global brand with deep pockets. Perhaps it's only fair for us to have high expectations of organisations that play such a major role in our lives. But what of the smaller businesses? Let's not forget that in the UK, small and medium-sized enterprises account for 99.9% of the business population. What is their responsibility? And what about the rest of us? It's all too easy to pass snap judgment. But what is the individual's role in all of this? Over to Veronica. 
the more powerful you are, the more I think you have a large obligation to society to operate as a role model in the way that you engage with society. But then I think about small to medium sized businesses. I think about startups. I think about people trying to keep those businesses going in very, very difficult times. And there I think we need to have a degree of proportionality in our judgment. If you're a business with 15 to 20 people struggling in a very, very difficult marketplace, then I think you have to be very focused in what you choose to tackle as one of the grand challenges. The second thing is something about the role and obligations and duties of followers to leaders. Whether we're citizens looking at government, whether we're employees or customers looking at a Microsoft, I think what we've also got to be is responsible in our attitudes to those businesses and their leaders. And that means looking into our own lives and ensuring that the way that we live is also responsible. There's something about what Barbara Kellerman from Harvard calls responsible followership. This is a joint endeavour. <laughs> we are co-creating a better society. And I think we need to look into how much we judge others and how much we are prepared to also turn that judgment on ourselves and how we live. While the pandemic remains a global health risk, the worst is, hopefully, behind us. But we have not emerged into a period of calm. Quite the opposite, in fact. The war in Ukraine, an economic and cost of living crisis, deep, entrenched and painful social inequality, the worsening effects of climate change... And alongside those challenges, leaders face the need to develop their thinking around emerging risks, like the deployment of AI technology, for instance. The so-called fourth industrial revolution raises questions around ethics, the future of the workplace and other concerns that cannot be answered by technologists on their own. With that complex, evolving background in mind, I asked Andrea to reflect on what the experience of leading through the pandemic taught her and what's next when it comes to responsible leadership. If we thought it was important before, I think we have to acknowledge it's more important than ever. Hopefully we'll have a more optimistic future. I have a real balance view on that. Um, we survived a pandemic. We're in the middle of a war, you know, on our doorsteps. We've got some very disruptive, but also some powerful innovation coming in the form of AI. And it's going to change the world as we know it. We talk a lot about good versus evil when it comes to technology, when it comes to AI. And I think we need to be focusing less on the bad versus the good, but more on the values and the principles of the companies that are accountable for designing and deploying this kind of technology to ensure that it also serves for humanity and long-term resilience and well-being of humanity. Microsoft has a key responsibility there, but it's not a responsibility that they own on their own. That's a, a partnership needed with governors, with legislators. Really, we have to mutually together 
build capability and confidence in AI to improve people's lives. We want to get the benefits of AI, but as technology moves forward, we need to make sure that we have proper control over AI so that we can pursue its benefits, but to do that in a safe and responsible way. Our responsibility as we think about this technology and the impact that it can have on the world is to really work as part of one organisation in a much broader ecosystem to ensure that AI remains under human control. And that's just got to be a first order priority for governments, communities and employers alike. It might just be a different context, but the importance of responsible leadership doesn't go away. If anything, it becomes increasingly more important. As we reflected in our final research report, we remain in a state of flux. The pieces thrown up in the air by COVID-19 are only just starting to land. And when it comes to the role of business in society, there remains everything to play for. So, with the Great Reset still ongoing, where do Veronica and Andrea feel we are now with responsible business? Let's hear from Veronica first, then Andrea. I think we are still in a transition an emergent era of what it means to operate as a business or a government department in a society that has shifted. The tectonic plates have shifted in terms of what the expectations are. It's far from over. Most people would say they are still trying to work through what this new workplace looks like, what the new psychological contract looks like, what a new leader for a senior role actually needs to look like. One senior leader said to me towards the end of the research, we will be judged far more by what happens over the next three years than what has happened over the previous two. The war, the UK, the cost of living crisis, all the other grand challenges that still remain. Responsible business is needed more than ever. The power and the need of these really diverse contributors to this ecosystem and actually how that comes together in a really integrated way is more important than ever. But I think that the pressure and the complexity and the context we're all facing is requiring that level of cohesion. As I look forward, it's hard. There's so much in the world that is volatile. Society and our employees are looking up and are looking out and saying, still help make this safe for me. But if you think a bit more about health and safety or my well-being, but also help create a safe future for my children, for my family, for myself. How are we all working together? And this is where I come back to the tie between just responsible business and just working for the good of humanity and really working together in an integrated way on society's most important, most critical long term problems. And let's go back to Veronica for her final takeaway. This is not the paternalism of the early 20th century where corporations like Roundtree's or Lever Brothers decided what communities needed. This is much more of a partnership of equals saying, <laughs> how do we move forward together to make a better society? Finally, I asked Andrea to define the future of responsible business. I think the future of responsible business is about working with our employees, communities and in an integrated ecosystem for the good of humanity. Now, just imagine the impact if we could replicate that philosophy on a global scale. In the next five episodes, we will explore more of the context that is changing the shape of responsible business in the shadow of the pandemic. 
Everyone has a stake in our potential future and some responsibility in shaping it. So join us to hear from more inspirational leaders building businesses for a better world. Next time, we will be exploring how the way we feel about work has shifted dramatically and how leaders can deal with these changing expectations. Thanks for listening to the Responsible Business Leading the Way podcast, produced by the University of Bristol, working with the CIPD. Find out more about the Business School's research, courses and opportunities to collaborate at bristol.ac.uk. And if you want to read the original research this series is based on, search Responsible Business Through Crisis at cipd.org.